Welcome to the Gone Rogue podcast. My name is Kate and this is episode 34. It's been a it's been an interesting year. It's been a bit up and down with podcasts. We actually got into a good flow and what happened was I stopped worrying about trying to do it weekly, <laughs> which you know, I'm the kind of person that I'm like, I want to do it this way. And then if I fuck it up, I'm like, I'm not going to do it at all. <laughs> So we've had many long breaks in between some episodes, but then also gotten onto a bit of a roll and it's been kind of good. And I've got a little bit of a new setup and it's going to improve for next year. I've got that microphone on a fancy little arm and it's really easy for me to record podcasts in my office. Um, it's hard for me to do it with Greg. What we used to have was these uh, headsets with microphones and they plugged into like a mini mixer. It's called the Zoom and it's great if you're looking to start a podcast. Um, and it would just go straight through a USB into GarageBand or into StreamYard or whatever I was recording on. Um, but now that we have one cool microphone on an arm that doesn't require us to have like kind of a shitty microphone that's part of the headset, uh, it would be really awesome to both be able to sit in the room and record this way uh, with less cords and things. And it's just a little bit more organized. Uh, so what that requires is another microphone because <laughs> I have one of the fancy ones with the arm uh, and we need to. So that's going to come. That's going to come next year and we'll be doing a bunch more podcasts where we can just sit down, hit record and go. The other headset setup, uh, it worked, but it was just a big setup. It was a lot of fucking figuring out and feeling with the audio. This microphone is just so much better with regards to audio. Thank fuck. As you guys who have been hanging out for a while know, the audio can be a little bit hit and miss and I never thought I'd be someone that would be like, oh, the audio. But here we are. <laughs> okay, so I actually, this podcast is titled The New Glug Glug because I've got a fucking new move for you. And this has been something I've been doing for a long time, but I didn't have a name for it. And I'm, you know, some people are just really talented with naming things, just like nicknames, names, funny shit like that. They're just really good at it. And I don't know if I was blessed with that skill when I was born, but. Greg and I have recently been shopping for barbecues and guess what I found? I found the perfect name for this move from a barbecue brand. Um, we're going to get there a little bit later on. I actually, I actually wanted to, I had a really cool, like just inspired moment on a podcast interview that I did recently with, um, an, a life coach and that will be posted, I think in January. So I'll share it on my Instagram when it's actually available. We just talk about a bunch of shit, a bunch of things around like social media and body image and eating and diet. And, uh, it's a little bit about CrossFit and competing and all those kinds of things. But she kind of asked me at the end, like, hey, what is your advice for people? And it was like, it's like one of those really broad general questions. Um, but I'd kind of been on a bit of a roll talking about like, you know, pursuing big goals. And um, something that I got to with this little Q&A moment was it felt like I clicked a couple of ideas together in my brain. And she'd sort of asked for advice and something that I always bring up when people ask me for advice or a quote or some motivation is the, the quote that I've posted on social media before, which is the purpose in life is to give life purpose. And what that means to me is that you, you decide you are in the driver's seat and you decide what the purpose is. And that's how you create purpose. And life can be so much more when we take it into our own hands and decide what we're going to do with it rather than feel like there's one thing that we're meant to do and we're meant to find and it's just going to call us and it's just going to be the perfect thing. I think that that can really disable us from actually kind of discovering our potential. So when you implement the idea that the purpose in life is to create your purpose is to decide what it's going to be and that could be one thing for forever or it could be 20 things and you change every year and you find all these different things to express who you are and what you love and what you're good at and you learn from it it, it can be any version of those things and what I kind of ended up winding my way through was as I was talking about that in terms of pursuing the things that you want in life is I got to the point where, and I talk about it with coaching as well, where it's all good and well to say, hey, just create purpose, create a goal, decide what you want to do and go and do it. But I think what's really important is that whenever you're on this journey to become more than you are, there will be some bumps in the road. It, there is no way to avoid it. There will be bumps in the road. And I think what happens is we hit those bumps 
and think that the purpose we chose must be wrong. The goal must be wrong. There must be a reason that we're not meant to get there. There must be something that we're doing that's incorrect, that's not the most efficient way, that there's a better way to do it. And we think that there's all these signs from the universe being presented to us of like why you shouldn't actually do this. And the best fucking way to ruin a goal is to stop when it it feels like it's hard really is what's happening it's like it gets really hard you're potentially making mistakes it feels like you're doing it in the worst way possible because it's super inefficient which it has to be it's the only way it can be but we often think that it means that we're doing something wrong and that we should just stop and change and shift and adjust and yes to a degree sometimes that does need to happen but it has to be hard in order for you to accomplish the big scary thing there's there's no way, just like I said, there's, there's no way to avoid it. And with your mindset, the best thing for you to do is when something comes up, whether it's not feeling like cooking on a Sunday night, which is Sunday right now, by the way, and wanting to like order in pizza or order in some food that you're like, I know I shouldn't eat that, but I just kind of, I don't really feel like cooking. I'm not organized. I haven't been to the supermarket yet. If I go to the supermarket now, I'm going to eat really late and then I'm going to get to bed late. And that would be a really bad way to start my week. I can really, really easily talk myself into being like, I'll, I'll just order in and it's fine. That is a test. (laughs) That right there is your test. The hesitation, the self-doubt, the negotiation that you have with yourself, the back and forth that you have with yourself where you try to justify doing the easy thing. That is a test. And every time that comes up, you go, oh, this is an opportunity to pick the harder thing. And it's going to feel shitty. I don't want to do the thing where I go to the grocery store and I buy healthy food and I cook it and I take all this time to prepare a meal. I don't want to do that right now. But that is my opportunity to practice doing the thing and ultimately being the person that I want to be. Same thing applies with the gym. I don't really feel like going to the gym. Same thing applies with having a hard conversation with someone. Maybe I'll just wait and it won't matter so much tomorrow. Like I'll just let it go. No, have the fucking conversation. That is your opportunity. That is the test. You want better relationships? You want to be fitter, you want to be healthier, you have to pass the tests and life will present you with tests every step of the way. And I think what comes up a lot for me is in talking to other people, people believe that they are the reason that they can't do things. But what it actually is, is it's not who you are that is going to prevent you from becoming who you want to be. It's who you think you're not. It's what you think you're not capable of. It's what you think you're not good at. It's what you think you're not meant to be. It is, first of all, all a thought. It is some kind of projected fear. And it typically exists just between your ears. But if you, let me condense that down. This is one of my favorite little quotes. It's not who you are that holds you back. It's who you think you're not. You're not getting in the way. Your fears that you're not capable enough. You're not worthy enough. You're not good enough. That's what's stopping you. That's what's getting in the way. So when you decide your purpose and you're presented with these tests, it's not you failing. It's who you think you're fucking not. It's your self-limiting beliefs You fuck yourself. You cock block yourself on your way to your dreams. (laughs) So what's really important is to recognize the tests and know that that hard thing, that little opportunity, those little things that come up, the self-doubt, the the desire to not do it because it feels hard, the inconvenience of it. For me, like the negotiations is such a big one. Like I have so many negotiations with myself when I'm doing something hard. Like I don't feel like training. I don't feel like going to bed early. I just want to watch Netflix. I don't feel like working. I don't really want to have this conversation with Greg. Like I don't want to talk to my parents. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't feel like it. And so I have these negotiations around why I shouldn't do it in my head, completely in my head, just fucking chatting shit with myself. And I find ways to let myself down. And it's like, I can just kind of talk myself into it. And that's, that's a test. And I think what happens in the long run, when you start looking at it like a test is when the tests come, 
comes up, you immediately recognize it. And suddenly it's not a test, it's an opportunity. And it's like, oh, I know what I have to do. (laughs) You're like, damn it. (laughs) I just motherfucking call myself out. And I know exactly what I need to do now. Because the voice that's telling me not to do this thing is the person I don't want to be. So I'm going to go. And in spite of this fucking voice, I'm going to show it what's up. And show it who I am. And who I want to be. And I'm going to put in the work to, to... find that purpose or create that purpose. So that was a really nice little like ramble um, that I did on the podcast that I was interviewed on. And now I'm on this podcast. So you are welcome. (laughs) But um, I like it. I like talking about things like that with regards to applying yourself to doing hard stuff and goals and, you know, just working to be better fucking humans. Because I think I think that's what we're all here meant to do. And I think that's what creates a fulfilling life. And that is the 2023 mantra, bitches, be fucking better. Um, And I'm applying it to podcasts. I'm applying it to a lot of things that I'm doing. Be fucking better. It was, it kind of came out of my, my, the way that I apply myself to work as well as training. It was a little bit of like, I want to be fucking better at the job that, that I've created for myself at my business at what I'm doing. Um, but I also really want to be fucking better in training. And I know that I have so much room to be better. And I know that, like I said before, I, I'm, I'm holding myself back because of who I think I'm not, because of what I'm afraid of, because what I think is going to happen if I do and, and all these possible things that are just me worrying, right? It's just like anxiety or fear. And I'm like, oh, but what about this? And what if this happens? And maybe I can't do things like the way I want to. It's like fucking bullshit. Just try So (laughs) that's kind of where it came from. But what I like about the mantra, be fucking better, is it can apply to everything for one. So podcasts and the stuff that I put out into the world is is going to increase. And for me, it also applies to just being not necessarily being better in terms of like work output and intensity and like the amount of shit you know like I think it's really easy to attach like be fucking better to productivity but what I also want it to mean is be fucking better is also attached to having a better understanding of what you need and not being a bully to yourself and not having unrealistic expectations and not having an ounce of (laughs) self-compassion and being better at being vulnerable and being honest with yourself And like, it really is that it's like being better at getting to the heart of things that's coming up for you. The, the reality of what your diet needs to look like. That's a big one for me. It's like, I could eat perfectly and go 100% and be super anal and eat low calories. But I ultimately know what happens when I do that. I overeat. I become really black and white around food. I obsess about food. I feel tired. My energy just fucking drops. And I'm just not not as fun of a person to be around. And I know that it's ultimately not good for my health. Like long-term, under-eating is not good for your health. And when I under-eat, which only results in overeating, I get no benefit from it. Like there's literally no benefit. So for me, it's like, it's very easy to feel like I could slip back into old patterns and old habits when I'm trying to be fucking better right? Like it's like, I'm trying to be fucking better in every element of my life. So it's really easy to be like, well, I'm just going to be fucking as healthy as possible. And that can often mean like, I'm going to eat like only clean foods. I'm only going to eat X amount of calories. Da, 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 da. And the reality is, is that for me being fucking better is being fucking better to myself. So that's a really important piece of that little mantra. It's not just fucking like berate yourself for a year and beat yourself up and try and do more than what's what's good for you. It's about having a really good understanding of yourself as well, being real. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I'm sitting here and behind me on the bed, I always have like, <laughs> I always end up with like a collection of sex toys behind me. My house is full of sex toys. It's just, it's just the way it goes around here. <laughs> um, and I actually have recently made a couple purchases and I wanted to update you because a while ago, it was kind of a long time ago, actually, I was 
I was doing like polls on Instagram where I was like, hey, I'm going to buy a new clit stim toy. Should I get the womanizer or should I get a different satisfier? Or maybe it was, um, it might've been the Wee Vibe. Yeah, it was like between the Wee Vibe, um, whatever their clit stim toy is called and the womanizer. And the womanizer has been, you know, one of the kind of cult clit stim toys that everybody's talked about and everybody knows about. It's been kind of similar to this, satisfier and it's notoriety but it's also motherfucking expensive and I was like there's no way I'm not gonna spend like I can't even remember how much it was but it was fucking they're like 300 400 dollars for the top ones for like the really good ones and I've always used satisfiers and they've they've been a little bit more affordable like I started with the satisfier pro 2 um which I think is like 100 bucks and it's amazing it's like the best thing ever um so if you're looking for a status like clit stim toy just start there it's awesome I still have mine it's been going for years it's it's just like the best thing ever it's waterproof all that stuff um so I had that and then I was like ah do I get the wee vibe or do I get the womanizer and I ended up being in the sex shop in Sydney and they had funnily enough they had um the womanizer premium I think it's called in black and it was in this like combo pack with a wee vibe it was not the wee vibe clit stim toy though it was a wee vibe wearable toy that has a remote and it's kind of like the thing that you could wear like under with your underwear on out with your partner and they can control it or you might do a bluetooth or you can also have sex with it and like it'd be it'd be it'd be tight Mm, saucy uh but (laughs) it's possible um i ended up getting that which It was on sale, so I felt like I could justify that purchase a little bit better. Um, It was still really expensive, Um, but might have been the best purchase of my life. Let me tell you why. Okay, the Womanizer Premium. One, it's black, and I like just a black toy. (laughs) Don't give me all the fucking colors. Give me black. Two, this toy goes up like 12 levels. Now, it does get more powerful than the Satisfier, but in saying that, it also starts less powerful than the Satisfier. So it's almost like the Womanizer's levels 1 through 12. The Satisfier is like levels 5 through 10, maybe, equivalent kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? The other really nice thing about the Womanizer is it has this feature where it turns on when it has pressure on it so the toy can be on and not making a sound like it's dead silent and then when you place it on your pussy or like just on your hand then it will go on then it will start vibrating it will start this little suction thing so it's like when you take it off it's quiet and it's it's not distracting and it's just doing what it's doing so if you're playing with someone and you're on and off that's kind of nice I like it because I hate it when you're fooling around with someone and you've got just got this toy like buzzing and if you put it on the bed like you can feel it it's, it's quite distracting so I like that it turns on and off um the only con with that however is most recently it's been playing up where I can't figure out how to make it do that I think it's like an optional fe- feature where it can be just on all the time or on when it has pressure on it and at the moment I can't figure out how to switch between them <laughs> so sometimes it does that sometimes it doesn't anyway um, love that feature. It's, it's something I enjoy. Um, also like I would say if you live with people like family or housemates and you don't want them to hear you using a toy, that's quite a nice feature to have. Um, it is kind of quiet anyway. Like I don't think people would hear it if you've got it under the sheets. The other thing is the shape. Okay. The shape of this toy is great in terms of if you want to play with other people with it. Like if you want someone fucking you while you've got this toy on your clit, it's awesome for that. Um, the reason is that it sits flat. So the satisfier you hold out from your body like a handle and the tip of it is what sits on your clit. The the womanizer is like a flat, um, I guess it's like a... Um, a little stick shape or spoon shape almost and on the front belly of the spoon is or the belly or the back fucking who knows it's on one of the sides of this little tool it's i i sh- google it google it motherfuckers get on google and fucking google it the little suction thing is on the front of the toy so that means that the toy sits flat like kind of up your stomach towards your belly button with the suction bit sitting on your clit so it means that you can like one not have to have your hand way down in between your legs when you're playing with yourself and two if someone else is playing with you you can have the toy sitting in there real nice so you can lie on it you can have your partner fucking you with it just pressing into you you can just be holding it when that whatever so it works really nicely because it just kind of folds on your stomach I guess essentially so I love the shape of it for that it's just so so good um and then other like 
classic features. So that's just like my note on toys. I know a lot of people are like, oh, you just like, you desensitize yourself. No, you just, you just adjust. You just adjust. It's just like in weightlifting. There's accommodated intensity. <laughs> so that's Louis Simmons accommodated resistance where you see people squatting with like bands and chains what they're doing they're accommodating the resistance and when they go back to just a barbell with no chains and no bands it changes the way that their body reacts to that weight and can help them lift better more efficiently with more speed more power kind of the same thing with toys but accommodated intensity <laughs> accommodated vibrations i don't know i'm gonna i should fucking trademark that shit <laughs> Okay, um, so that's kind of the toys update. I also did buy another toy. I have had a rabbit, a really old rabbit die, and it was it would have been like, God, like a year or two ago now. And it died and I was so sad. But it was old. It was like it needed four AA or AAA batteries. It wasn't fully waterproof. It was looking pretty manky. Like it had this silicone cover on it, but it was getting... I don't know, like lube and whatever the fuck else, kind of underneath some of the <laughs> silicon cover. It was so gross, but it was such a good little toy and it was only a cheap one. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go buy a new one. And I'd had my eye on one for a while that was, I think it was $130. So it wasn't one of the cheap ones. It was a rechargeable one. It was waterproof. Um, and I was expecting it to be fucking good. And it was not good. It was not good. And I'm mad about it. I've used it once and I'm like, well, fuck. Okay. That was a waste of time and a waste of money. So my issues with it are, one, it has patterns and it has so many patterns and only three of them are just like straight vibration. So you have like low light vibration, medium vibration, high vibration, and then you have like 10 patterns. And to go through different levels of vibration, if you get to the top and you want to go back down, you, you can't go back down. You have to go through all of the fucking patterns to get back to one. It's the worst. I just... I'm, I'm waiting for these toy companies to stop doing goddamn motherfucking patterns and the vibrations. I don't like them. I'm assuming no one else does. Maybe I'm biased, but it doesn't matter. The patterns are really shit. And if you're going to have patterns, put them on a different button. Put them on a different controller, like a different part of the little remote. Just don't put it on the same goddamn button. It's so annoying. <laughs> so that was problem number one. Problem number two, just the buttons to begin with, they were annoying. Like I could not figure out how to turn this on because it's like they've kind of tried to like condense all the buttons and controls down. So you've only got two things to hit, which kind of makes sense, except for trying to figure it out, like in terms of user friendliness, not friendly at all. <laughs> so that was a problem. It took me a long time to figure it out. Um, and then the placement of the bunny ears. This is a rabbit with like bunny ears that sits on your clit. Totally wrong placement. It was like... I don't know what the length of this particular vibrator was in terms of like the dildo portion, but the like the dildo would be like inserted and the clit part would be like way above my clit, way, way, way above. I'm like, is it, is it, maybe it's trying to stimulate my belly button. I don't know, but it might be fucking closer to my belly button than my clit right now. So it was just like not in the right place. <laughs> and then on top of that, it was like the the bunny part of it was kind of solid. And my old one, it was a bit smaller and it would vibrate more. So it was like the vibration was just stronger. It was it just felt like there was more vibration happening. This one, it was like it was, I guess, maybe a little bit more subtle and more stiff. And so it didn't move as well. So I just it was just not the right shape hey and maybe it just wasn't the right shape for me and my unique fucking <laughs> vagina and vulva and clit and all those fucking bits and pieces but don't rate the happy vibrator it's a pink one it's rechargeable it was about 130 dollars. so if you're looking for a fucking rabbit 
don't get that one. I'm honestly probably probably just going to go and buy another one of the cheap ones again. Um, I, I actually have a really nice one from, I think I got it. I, I bought a bunch of toys from AliExpress as a bit of an experiment just to see what they were like. And um, I have a vibrating butt plug, which is great. It's just as good as the expensive ones. I have a um, like rabbit style vibrator. It's powerful in a way that I really like. It works. It does the job. But the quality of the silicon is a little bit dodgy. Like it's a little bit sketch. Like it just, there's something about it that <laughs> I don't know if it's like normal standard silicon, but uh, like medical grade silicon, like a lot of the other toys are. So yeah, I just think that that's a little bit dodgy. Um, but otherwise it's good. So like you can get some good cheap toys. They exist. It's just kind of, I think it, like with the fucking expensive toys are anyway, like they all are a little bit, hit and miss like you kind of just have to buy them and find out um it's a little bit of an investment and I would argue that it's worth it um but you do end up with like a lot of toys that often don't get used so you know hi at least if you're listening to this podcast now you know go buy the womanizer don't worry about the pink happy rabbit vibrator Uh, and even the wearable Wii vibe, I'm not really into the wearable Wii vibes a lot of those really small like wearable vibrator time type things like all of my nerve endings happen to be on my clit. Seems to be the case for a lot of women. Anything insertable that vibrates, I don't feel a shit ton down, like when it's inserted. There's kind of a reason for that. It's called fucking giving birth. Like <laughs> You don't have tons of nerves inside the vagina. So anything that's like inserted that vibrates, I'm like, I mean, I can kind of feel it, but it doesn't. It's like putting something in the, like in my elbow pit and making that vibrate. It's kind of an equivalent feeling. I'm like, well, there's a sensation, but it's not, it's not, I don't know if it's really doing anything for me. And I hear a lot of women who are like, I feel so, I kind of feel numb when people are fucking me. And I'm like, yeah, you're meant to. (laughs) You don't want to have a whole lot of feeling down there because you will have to at some point if you have decided to have children, you will have to push that bad boy out. Um, so yeah, there's my update on toys. My favorite toys that I still use are the, now the womanizer. I have the Doxy, um, which I talked about on Instagram a long time ago. I have the really big one, the Diecast 3 or whatever it's called, the plug-in one, which is amazing and I love it. Um, but I'm actually not using it as much. Greg bought me the wireless rechargeable Doxy and it's a little bit less powerful and, and quite a bit more like vibrate but it's much lighter to hold and so much easier without having the fucking cord. So we've been kind of switching between that and the womanizer and then uh, it's like this glass love honey dildo that you can pretty much get anywhere. It's just that love honey happens to make it as well with it, their brand on it. And it's, it kind of looks like a series of like five or six bobbles kind of like joined together that get smaller at one end and bigger at the other end. It's quite large fucking best dildo ever like I like a hard solid dildo just because it doesn't move and when it's glass it's very sleek when you put like lube on it I find some of the silicon toys especially the ones that are realistic that have like veins and bumps and like they're cut cock I'm like like circumcised and it has like a big head on it I'm like some of those bumps are actually kind of uncomfortable especially if someone is fucking you with this toy and there's a lot of friction being produced I'm like I I just want a smooth surface please just something smooth so stainless steel and glass are some of my favorite Uh, same goes for glass toys with bumps and patterns on them I like I don't know who's testing these toys maybe there are some like bulletproof fucking vaginas out there but I do not appreciate bumps and patterns and shapes and these things that make them look really cool. Like, don't get me wrong. They look fucking cool. But my God, when your vagina's being rubbed by one of them, not so pleasant. Not so fucking pleasant. Doesn't matter how much lube you put on that bitch. It doesn't feel that great. <laughs> it actually is like, especially in your asshole. Jesus, unless you like the feeling of like knives cutting your anus up, don't fucking use glass toys that have bumps on them, especially the small bumps. Holy fuck. It's like those little like shark tea mats. Have you seen those mats? They're like, they're like chiropractor mats where you lie on them. They're covered in little pointy plastic bits and you get off and you have all these spots on your back and it's meant to like help you and relieve tension and just fucking cause you a shit ton of pain. So when you get off it, you're like, oh, I don't feel so bad anymore. Yeah, because you're not being fucking stabbed by mini plastic pointy teeth. Kind of feels like that on your ass. Yeah exactly the same feeling so explore if you like or just take my advice and use something smooth the bigger bubbles of the glass dildo i do like 
in the anus. That one's okay. So like large shapes seem to be okay. It's the smaller ones that just, <laughs> they just disagree with me. So there you go. There's some advice with, um, with toys. I'm trying to think of what other toys I'm using at the moment. Yeah, it's kind of those three. The wireless doxy, the glass dildo, and the womanizer. They just kind of go on rotation. Um, so... I'm, uh, oh, I had a question on Instagram that was about like what lube to use. And I just feel like maybe I haven't hounded this point enough. Sex without lube is not as good unless, unless the person you're fucking is like, uh, (laughs) produces saliva in extremely high volume. Like if they have a lot of spit and they can cover their genitals with it, and cover yours with it and top up when needed, then get lube. So <laughs> Craig, which I don't mind. I, he won't mind if I'm just talking about how much saliva he produces. He produces a lot of saliva so he can have sex without lube just because he has so much goddamn spit. <laughs> it amazes me. Like it actually amazes me. Me, however, my mouth is like the fucking Sahara Desert. When I want spit, I cannot get it. And the more that I try, the worse that it becomes. <laughs> especially in the morning I'm just like oh, I'm fucking parched like I'm just parched so unless I choke and gag myself with a cock and produce spit that way which by the way excellent way to produce spit if you are trying to if you're stuck like starting to suck someone off and you're feeling a little bit dry just like kind of choke yourself a few times and you, your body will produce saliva it's quite miraculous a uh, very handy little party trick <laughs> so that is one way that I will do it otherwise I'm like lube water like something I need I need it it's going to be better for both of us ultimately um and it's the same thing for like sex with everybody like I go to hookups with my own lube like I literally take lube when we're playing I will just get some out of my bag and literally apply it to myself like you don't need much but I don't have like a fucking porn star vagina and so when people start like even just fingering me without lube I'm like man you are just rubbing my lips rubbing them in and out and there's so much friction burn right now I cannot get into this at all (laughs) at all please stop please please stop so what I do now is I will always just have like my handbag that I've brought with me which will have condoms and a little mini lube container in it I think it's called silk skin is the one that I have I will just like literally pull that pull that out I don't even say anything I'm just like I'm getting lube if I do say something or I just fucking do it and put it on myself and it's fine. And if I'm, if someone's going to fuck me, I'll probably put it on them as well. Cause it just makes everything so much better. Like it just allows me to get into it. And like, yes, I will eventually kind of like self lubricate, but it's just that to get things going, especially when someone starts to like play with you with their hands, I'm like, ah, like this would just be so much better if there wasn't like this pulling skin feeling that I'm getting it's like someone giving you a massage with no oil and just like rubbing their hands up and down your back I'm like it's kind of good but also hell (laughs) please put some oil on my skin something between your skin and my skin it would be fabulous so that's what I do with lube I always take my own lube and I think everybody should do that I honestly wish guys would do that like I wish that it was like just standard chat standard procedure for guys and you know what i know i'm talking super cis head right now for guys and motherfucking girls and non-binary folk to just fucking get lube and put it on hands fingers toes mouth back pussy whatever put it on (laughs) that would just be the best so i saw this really good post the other day that was like we only have equality when dry fingering gets the same kind of headlines as toothy or teethy blowjobs which is fucking fair we have equality when there is enough of a thing about people fingering dry as there has been about people giving blowjobs with teeth teethy blowjobs toothy blowjobs not pleasant um so yeah i think hopefully for guys who are listening you can get a sense of the discomfort of dry fingering Not cool. Kind of like when someone's sucking your dick and their teeth are in the way. (laughs) The, The other thing that actually came up. So I did a response to a TikTok a while back. And it was a girl who was like saying how it was smart to not get back together with a guy who'd been away for university, broken up with his girlfriend, away for university. 
uh, hooked up with a bunch of people, come back and said, I want to get back together with you. And she was like, oh my God, disgusting. He's gone around and slept around and now he's coming back for you and he's just going to crawl back and you're going to take him. How rude. How dare you? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Like get, get yourself a man who's a slut. <laughs> I promise you a man who knows what the fuck they're doing and a man who knows what else is out there. When you are with a man who hasn't slept around, and wonders, hmm, I wonder what else is out there. Hmm, I wonder what other pussies feel like. That's dangerous. <laughs> That's a man who doesn't know what he wants. <laughs> so I found another one. She just goes on these really great rounds, and she's just a little bit like, I just, I'm like, come on, man. Like, I need, I need, I need to get on the phone with you. I need to talk to you. We need to discuss what you're fucking saying because I just don't think you know what you're talking about. Okay, let me, let me only option you shouldn't let yourself be an option at all story time okay 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 it said let's talk about how if you're not a man's only option you shouldn't let yourself be an option at all okay let's play that one more time i'm gonna play the whole video here we go if you're not a man's only option, you shouldn't let yourself be an option at all. Story time. When I was in my 20s, I went on one date with a man. Let's call him Chad, who was absolutely perfect. Chad was tall, good looking, charismatic, had a great job in finance, and I honestly don't know anything else about him because we went on one freaking date. Now, I went on one date with Chad right before he and I both left for Christmas with our respective families. And over the course of that two-week period that we were both gone from the city, Chad texted me quite frequently, checking in, asking me how my Christmas was, how he was looking forward to seeing me when we were both back. So imagine my surprise when a few days after New Year's Eve, Chad texted me that while he enjoyed meeting me, he had started dating another woman a few weeks before me, and the relationship had progressed so quickly that he no longer felt it was appropriate to be seeing me. And I was disappointed, but I understood, and honestly, it was quite refreshing that for once, a man decided to end things so definitively instead of just ghosting me. And then I- 100%. I feel like so far, everything is golden. Green flags everywhere. Like, super nice to have someone communicating and being honest and being like, hey... I was dating someone else and that's progressing. So I'm going to keep dating them. I don't think it's okay for me to continue seeing you. So uh, as far as potential boyfriends go, everything is good so far. Everything is good so far. I wished him luck and I said it was nice that he met somebody that took him out of the dating game because quite frankly the game sucks. And then I went about my life and I dated a few more chads and then one night at midnight a few months later I got a text from an unknown number that just said, so Anna, have some news. And so I ignore it and I go to sleep and then when I wake up I get another text from this unknown number and then I realize that it's this chad that I went on one date with and he tells me that it didn't work out with this other woman and that he'd love to take me out again. And I don't respond because even though I was single as a freaking Pringle I also knew that I didn't want to be any man's second choice because trust me even though he met me after this other woman and Chad had a first choice and it wasn't me. And well, okay. <laughs> Let's just chat for a second. In what world are you any man's first choice? I mean, unless you are his first ever crush and girlfriend. Like, even the first girlfriend, like, he's had other crushes. I'm sorry. But... A man that is only attracted to you and you are the first choice, the only person he wants. I, I just, and even what she's saying is like, hey, he'd, he'd started dating someone else before me. And then when that progressed, he communicated to me that it had progressed and he wouldn't continue to see me anymore. Therefore, breaking it off with the other chick he was dating so he could be with the person that this relationship was evolving with I'm like man like that's that's great like he seems to be doing the things that you would want a guy that you're dating to do now she might have been the other person that didn't end up with him dating her so she's clearly a little bit butthurt but as far as like respectfulness treating people right like doing those things I'm like that seems like I'm I'm all good with those things the whole play on like I'm his second choice ugh. I just, I, I don't know, like the expectations seem to be so high that it seems like it's actually impossible and you're kind of forever standing on this pedestal of like, you will never meet my bar. It is so high. You will never meet it. It's like 
it's almost like, you know, I think I see a lot of people being like, oh, all men this, all men that. Men are so hard. Men are so bad to date. Men are these things. Men are just little boys. And like, I agree that there are some men that fucking have Peter Pan syndrome and then some men that have men that have like Disney complex and some men that don't want to commit and some men that are unsure and some men that are just not men. But I think it's unfair to kind of stand up on this crazy high horse and then say that men suck. I'm like, man, like it just seems like it seems like you're creating a scenario where it's impossible for you to get what you want so that you can kind of forever be like the woe is me. I'm a single as a Pringle like but you've also created this impossible like position where you are untouchable you are undateable and like it seems like he's reached out and like I'm gonna keep playing this video he's he like reaches out and then she's like oh no and rejects him and I'm like man like you had a good date like what's what's wrong with that I just don't really know if I understand her perspective um and it's all kind of it's almost like all in the name of like girl power and yeah fuck those guys and like queen you have really crazy high standards and you maintain them but I'm also like man just how about being a real human like being a person and talking to people and and just being cool that we all date like we're all dating we're all looking for partners and if you're if you're holding it against someone that they dated someone else and and pursued a relationship with them and so you're never gonna like go on another date with them even if they're single I'm like I just it's funny because if you flip the story around and like you think of people. So I know people who had uh, relationships in high school, like their high school sweetheart went off and went on, like got into other relationships, dated other people, got married, had kids, and then broke off those relationships, reconnected with their high school sweetheart and are now back together. I'm like, oh my God, adorable, like amazing. I think that is so fucking cool that like you've wound up back with this person after all of these experiences that you've had and you've one, still got this kind of amazing connection and two, you've been out in the world and come back and reconnected and found that there is something really special about this person. And I I think that that's like a little bit of a romantic story, right? But in this scenario, when it comes to like dating, it's like, no, how dare you like make me second choice? Like, like I just, I think that you shut yourself off and I think that you end up having a negative opinion around people that is, it seems like it's a fundamental part of dating that you date around, like you date people and you get to know people and you see what works and what doesn't work. And if you're going to hold that against people, then you're, you're starting off on the back foot. Like you're, you're just going to be impossible to date. Okay, let's continue. Most guys would have taken my silence as my response. Chad just wasn't that kind of guy, and here's where it gets really interesting. Chad decided that if I wasn't responding to his text, that he would try reaching out to me on the dating app we met on, and here is the novel he sent me. And yes, I printed it out. Hi, Anna. I brought you back to life from the match cemetery. Kind of creepy on a number of levels, but here we are. Technology has its benefits and drawbacks, I guess. If you've read this far, I'm glad I did it. If you deleted me immediately without reading this, then I kind of feel like ish, but I understand. Anyway, I tried texting you and didn't hear back, so I thought I'd try you on this POS in case you changed your number, which I realize now as I'm typing is very unlikely. Much more likely that you're just ignoring me, but a guy can hope. To get to the point, as I feared, that relationship I mentioned to you with the Harvard woman was not meant to be. Spoiler, he never told me she went to Harvard, but I'm glad she was smart. We split up amicably and without drama, which was nice. I knew it was over when she took her makeup out of my apartment. No clearer signal than that. I waited the requisite month and then tried texting you. Sorry for the saga of a text message, but I'm up visiting my mom, so life is a little slower and peaceful, i.e. boring as ish. Up here and I had a couple minutes, so wanted to reach out. I'd love to reconnect with you. Hopefully you'll take my persistence the right way. Chivalrous, daring, bold, decisive. And not the wrong way. We both know the words to insert for that and you'll give me a chance to take you out again either way it would be great to hear from you anna i hope that you are enjoying the memorial day weekend best chad and in case you think i'm making this up here are screenshots i took and saved in this message because i thought one day i'd be telling the story to my daughter but since i have no children right now i guess i'm just telling it to all of tiktok and you would think that this is where the story ends that he would then take my silence across two platforms as my response i kind of like the message i don't know I don't know. <laughs> I think really what it comes back to is the same thing that I said last time. Like, I don't know why women have this idea that a man should just not have sex with any other woman. Like, it's almost like if he fucks another chick, it's like his cock is fucking taken. Like, it's like it's like it's ruined. 
I'm like, I just, I, I don't know, like dating other people, sleeping with other people, having relationships with other people and wanting to also connect with you. Like, and I know that, Hey, I'm non-monogamous. So this would happen simultaneously, but I just, I think that like the fact that if you weren't the first and you weren't the one and you weren't the only that you're second rate to other women, it's very much zero sum thinking to me. So zero sum thinking is essentially my gain is another person's loss and another person's gain is my loss. So when he goes off and has a relationship with someone else, this woman has lost something. It's been at her expense. And when he comes back, it's like, it's almost, it's almost offensive, right? Like he's gone off and gained a relationship at her expense and he's come back and he doesn't get to have both. Absolutely not. She's suffered and she's lost because of this, because of him. And the problem with zero sum thinking is that it's false. It's a delusion. There is no limit to love and feelings and connection. There is no, like it is infinite. Love is infinite, not finite. And when you have finite thinking and you approach dating with this scarcity mindset, it will forever feel like other people are getting ahead of you and that you are second to other people. But there's, there, there's no race. There's no competition. There is no first place. Why? Because the chick that he ended up getting in a relationship with fucking walked away. She also lost. And not in the sense that like she lost because he broke it off and like they broke up, but in the sense that like the relationship didn't work, right? The relationship didn't work. It doesn't matter who walked away, who took the makeup bag out of the house, who decided that it was over. Both of them lose. (laughs) Ultimately, in the big picture, the relationship didn't work out. They are both fucking losers. And the second that you think that someone else wins and that means that you're second, you're fucking yourself. You treat yourself like you're second. And like this woman, you become bitter and angry and have rants on the internet. Maybe I'm one of them right now. I know I'm ranting, but that's okay. (laughs) And you're teaching other women to also be bitter and aggressive and have these stupid standards that are built around this idea that when I, I gain something, someone else loses something. And when you over there take something, you're essentially taking it from me. It's like this guy robbed her of the opportunity for a relationship. And that's not the fucking case. It's just love. It's just relationships. It's just human beings and what humans do and you need to act like you are always a catch and you are always number one and treat yourself like that and not walk around waiting for someone else to validate you as number one that's kind of what's happening here when he chooses someone else she's no longer validated by that external person and so she feels like she's fucking second place and she's second rate and how dare he it's his fault i'm the victim here this is the circumstance and i'm at the mercy of these circumstances and it's fucking bullshit and i wish that women could fucking stand on their own two feet and be okay with men having relationships with other women because that is the reality of life whether it's a coworker whether it's a training partner whether it's a best friend from high school whether it's it's a fucking sibling. We have relationships with other people and it does not come at your expense. In fact, the more love and the more connection and the more acceptance we can create in our lives, the better that we feel as humans. And when you try to control that, when you try to absorb that into just being one significant relationship in your life, you will rob yourself of the incredible power and impact of love. And it blows my mind that people think that it should be controlled, that it should be shut down, that it should be boxed in and it should be one person. That is the problem with soulmates. Soulmates don't fucking exist. It's a concept. We've made it up. But we fight to find this one person. And if they're not perfect and if they're not the right way and if they didn't choose you first, then there's something wrong with the world and that we should be acting in a way that defends us and armors us against that world. And it's just going in the wrong direction, completely going in the wrong direction. What we need is we need acceptance and we need more love and we need more connection rather than being like, well, it's one person and one person for everything. And if you can't do everything for me, then like, well, fuck you, you've robbed me. It, it just, it's scary. Like it really is kind of scary. And I wish that, you know, I've 
something that probably like hits home for me when I see stuff like this is my mom, after my parents split up, became really bitter and really mad and held a grudge and still to this day doesn't talk to my dad. It's been 16 years. 16 years? Yeah, they split up when I was 16. They haven't been in a room together. Like they, I'm like, man, what if Greg and I get married? What if, what about when Greg and I have kids? What are you going to do? Like, what do you, how can you still be trying to make my dad pay when the only person that's paying the price is actually you? It's, it's my mom, unfortunately. And I just feel like I see so many women where it's almost like the back end of the Disney complex. The beginning of it, the front end is finding the one, falling in love, the, the happily ever after. And then when it's not happily ever after, you have to make them pay. And all that happens when you deny someone else love, when you deny someone else a connection with you, is that you have to put in work to make that pay, make that, uh, that punishment happen, right? It's like, I punish you by denying you of love and I make myself miserable. It's kind of crazy how we do it. It's like, you know, all my mom really wants is to move on and to get past this and to feel loved again and to feel validated and to not feel like she lost things, which is kind of how she felt when, when her and my dad split up or I'm assuming. And the way that she's going about it is by withholding connection and withholding acceptance and withholding forgiveness trying to punish him but my dad's out there living his best life like he's been remarried he's got a great relationship I've even watched um, him build up a relationship with my stepmom's ex they've got a good relationship the same problem happened with them though like dad and my stepmom and my my stepmom's ex-partner like there was a lot of tension there for a long time but they we're able to move on and just find this place of acceptance and create a new relationship in this new landscape. And everybody's a lot fucking happier, a hell of a lot happier than they would be if there were grudges still being held. So denying other people of your connection, of your relationship, of your love is not punishing them. When you're doing that, you're actually just punishing yourself, unfortunately. And I think that's kind of what I hear when I hear this woman talking. All of her rants are kind of that. It's a lot of zero-sum thinking. It's a lot of punishment. And it's a lot of bitterness and and, and feeling like someone else has to pay. Basically, men. <laughs> men have to pay. And I'm like, why the fuck are men paying for your fucking standards and expectations that are unrealistic and kind of um, like come at a cost? It's like to be with you, you have to pay these this price. This is the price of admission. And it's like you can't love anyone else. You can't have other relationships. You can't. It just it just feels like the price for admission is really fucking high. And I think it's possibly potentially a recipe for disaster in a long term relationship. But that's just me. That's just my thinking. Anyway, I kind of like responding to her videos because she fucking lights me up. <laughs> but what we all really came here for, we're going to talk about the Gluck Gluck. Okay, if you don't know what the Gluck Gluck is, it's a blowjob technique. We're talking about sucking dick. Okay, the Gluck Gluck, and I think it's like the Gluck Gluck 3000. I don't know. One of those. It is your index finger and your thumb around the cock and then your mouth. And your hand or this little loop that you've made with your index finger and your thumb has good pressure. Not too tight. Don't go crazy, girls. Please just be kind to your man's cock. It's just like when he's playing with your clit. Like it, a little bit of pressure is good, but too much is not nice. And then you rotate it as you stroke up and down the cock and your lips kind of follow it. No teeth. Absolutely no teeth. A lot of spit. That is the prescription from Alex Cooper, who runs the Call Her Daddy podcast. Spit is your friend. You want it to be sloppy. You want it to be wet. It doesn't mean that you need to fucking like gurgle and choke and, you know, be a porn star, but you need wetness. Um, I highly recommend a lot of wetness. The Gluck Gluck 9000 is two hands, okay? This is where you level the game up and you lock off both index finger and thumbs on both hands to create two loops. And then you can stroke both hands up and down the cock, rotating in different directions. 
what's required for this move is for you to support yourself on your legs, on your knees, whatever position you're in without your hands. Okay. That's the like prerequisite for this position. You have to be able to support yourself over your man's lower half without using your hands. So you've got to like tuck your knees in right up to you. So if you're someone who gets like self-conscious about your belly rolls, time to let that shit fucking go. Don't let your self-consciousness get in the way of good sex. So those are the two gluck gluck moves. Now, now for the Kate Gordon blowjob recommendations. Ladies and gentlemen and non-binary folk, allow me to introduce you to the beef eater. I just, I heard that word and I was like, oh my God, that's it. It's the beef eater. Okay. (laughs) The beef eater happens to also be a barbecue brand in Australia, which only makes it more appropriate, to be honest. (laughs) But the beef eater, there are three different levels of the beef beef eater. So I figured it could be like the beef eater 1000, the beef eater 3000, and then the beef eater 9000 motherfuckers. <laughs> Just the name. It makes me so happy. Okay. The beef eater 1000. You will also need both hands. Okay. So that means same thing as the gluck gluck. You will have to support yourself on your legs and hover like above your man's waist. So what I will quite often do is tuck my knees right in and literally like wedge them (laughs) in between my man's thighs because then I can kind of lean into him and I'm supported and I'm not like hurting my back or my neck. I'm not getting tired. My abs aren't going into like work overtime. So wedging yourself in between their legs is quite good. And sometimes like they'll move them out of the way because they think they think that you're trying to like get in there, but you're not. You can just like, hey, fucking hands down on those thighs and keep them where they are. You need that meat for support. <laughs> so then what you need on top of that, the, another prerequisite, there's a couple of prerequisites. You need short nails. I'm sorry, but you need short nails at least on one hand, okay? Because there's one hand taking care of the shaft and one hand taking care of the balls. And that hand taking care of the balls is stroking them. So nails, look, some guys might be into it. I'm too afraid to even fucking try. Plus I never have like long nails um, or artificial nails. Like I never have like fake long nails. So that's not a problem for me. Um, And I trim my nails. It's so much better when you've got like fingertips to work with rather than like worrying about your nails. This is also very applicable if you are someone who plays with buttholes. Fucking cut your nails, okay? I even have to tell Greg to cut his nails sometimes. I'm like, hey, (laughs) that wasn't okay. You need to fucking trim those nails. Same thing with playing with other girls. Definitely cut your fucking nails, people. I just feel like it's more hygienic anyway. Just... Keep your nails short, short and tidy. So one hand is wrapped around the cock. I usually make it my right hand because I'm just a little bit more coordinated with that hand. The thing that you kind of have to do with this, with the Beefeater 1000, is it's a little bit like patting your head and rubbing your tummy. There are two different actions going on with your hands. So if you're not a coordinated person, you might want to practice this before you do it for real. Um, just because you do need to like kind of, it's like, I can imagine drummers would be really good at this. You know, they can have hold, hold different rhythms with each different hand and those hands are like crossed over each other. So it's like, they're just, they're quite incredible. I've never fucked a drummer. I wonder what that would be like. Hmm. Anyway, moving on one hand on the shaft and then the other hand is on the balls stroking, rubbing, rolling the balls around. Not too hard, okay? Balls can take a little bit, like they can, you can, you know, you don't have to treat them like they're gonna pop, but definitely don't, you know, pull or grab them too hard, but you can put pressure on them. 
The thing that will keep you from being too aggressive with the balls is again, like the Gluck Gluck, a lot of saliva. And if you don't have a lot of saliva, use lube. The greatest thing about the balls is you typically will spend most of your time putting the cock in your mouth. So the balls can have a lot of lube on and you don't have to like taste it or feel that like lubey sensation in your mouth. So just go to town with lube on the balls. And it also means that you don't need to necessarily top it up as much if you've got good lube because spit will ultimately dry up. So one hand on the shaft, the other hand on the balls, and you might even rotate the hand down. So your fingers will be kind of directed towards the bed or his ass, and your thumb is kind of up where the cock is. So you can actually stroke from in between his ass and balls all the way up to his balls and then rotate your fingertips around his balls while you are stroking his cock and putting your lips and mouth on the tip of his cock. Okay, so there's there's a few things going on here. Set yourself up, wedge yourself in between his thighs, start with your hand and mouth on his cock. And then when you've got enough saliva, like I think I said it earlier, just fucking choke yourself out with that cock to create a little bit more saliva. It will generate it from the back of the throat, which will provide you with the best type of saliva for blowjobs. Get that cock nice and wet. Make sure your hand is nice and wet and then start spitting on the balls. I also kind of like the effect of like spitting. (laughs) I just think it's fun for a guy to watch. It makes it kind of a bit of a show. It's entertaining. Spit all over those balls and spit on your hand, lick your hand and make sure it is nice and wet and then start stroking. Now, I like to do this like tantalizingly slow. And what can be really fun is you can have multiple rhythms. So you can be going smooth with both the hand on the cock in your mouth and smooth with the hand that's rolling around the balls, the fingertips that are kind of like just massaging those balls. And then if you want, you can start going fast with the hand, but keep the same rate of speed with the balls. So the hand and the mouth on that are stroking can get quicker, but the pace on the balls remains smooth. So it kind of becomes, this is why a drummer I think would be really good at stuff like this. (laughs) Your hand that's stroking the cock starts doing like a one, two beat. Actually, I don't know why I'm talking in beats because I used to be able to read music. I can't anymore. This doesn't make any sense. But it's a faster beat on the hand stroking the cock and it's a slower beat. But it's like it's still in time with one another. It's just that the hand on the the balls is stroking every other beat relative to the hand on the cock. Does that make sense? I don't know, maybe play some fucking music or better yet, put on a goddamn metronome next time you're sucking dick. (laughs) So the hand and the mouth are going up and down and then the other hand is stroking the balls and it's like your palm is kind of on the base of the ball so that you can stroke upwards. I just tend to find that easier than trying to like have my hand twisted down like with my fingers on top of the balls. I just find going underneath is just a better position for me. So playing with that is super fun. I think anytime that you can have two hands plus your mouth, the sensation and the stimulation is just, it's just next level. It's so good. Did I ever tell you guys that I got a massage with two women when I was in Thailand? It reminds me of that. Anytime that there are multiple hands on you or better yet, multiple mouths on you is a good time that it's just such an, it's a trippy experience. So two hands and a mouth is fun. What you can also play with is if you do tend to get a little bit tired from being bent over in this position is if you need to take a break, you can sit up and continue to stroke and roll the balls. So you can still have two hands on your man and be playing with that stuff. And I just will like sit on my knees in between his legs and do that. So that can be a nice way to pace yourself a little bit, I think. And even like pace it from your man. If your man tends to get really close and you're edging him and he is really building up to potentially coming, then you can slow down down and back off, especially if you still want to have sex and not have him finish before you've got to that point in the night. So it's smart to just back off. I think it's super fun to build a guy up with a blowjob and not let him come and then fuck him until he comes. Um, But sometimes, sometimes it's also really fun to let him come with a blowjob and just make it about him and make it his turn to just receive. I think it is super fucking hot to be a giver and kind of be in control. Um, I tend to find that oral sex feels quite dominating because you are on top and he's on his back and he's not doing anything. I think sex, the guy is often very active 
And it's really fun to put a guy in a position where he's kind of passive and just has to receive and can't do anything. He just has to watch and focus on the feeling. Um, so I think playing with that is really, really fun. And I just, I just think every guy should be able to enjoy that in the same way that every girl should be able to enjoy receiving as well and being passive and relaxed and just focusing on the feelings rather than having to reciprocate, reciprocate. So that is the Beefeater 1000. The Beefeater 3000, that is going to come at a later episode. I don't know which episode, but it's going to come later. I'm going to slowly drip feed some of these moves for you so that you can just do, you know, one at a time, play around with it, experiment with it. And then I had this epic idea that I was like, ah, I need to talk about playing with girls. I need to talk about girl on girl, one, because I've had people say, hey, do more queer content, and two, because there are so many girls who are interested in threesomes and interested in playing with other girls, but would have no fucking idea where to start, and something that frustrates me a lot is when I'm playing with girls, they are so lost, especially if they're new, and there are so many new girls that you end up playing with because they're curious and they're keen to join couples and all those things, but it just means that I'm like fucking hand-holding for a whole night, so I'm 120% doing a podcast about how to do girl on girl. And I'm actually really excited. I've been sleeping with girls for like over two years now, so I'm still kind of a rookie, but I've learned some stuff, okay? I learned some stuff. I fucked a lot of guys who have also taught me some stuff on what not to fucking do. (laughs) And then I've learned a lot from Greg on what to do. It's really funny. You'd think that like being a girl... You'd be like, well, I, I get eaten out all the time. I know how to eat pussy. But suddenly having to do it is a, you're, it's a totally different thing. I've definitely learned more on what to do from Greg. But I've like him teaching me because he knows what he's done that works. So I, I didn't learn what to do from receiving. However, I did learn what not to do from receiving. <laughs> and maybe I'm just, maybe I'm a little just more more conscious of it now when I'm playing with other people, whether it's a guy or a girl on what I like and what I don't like with the lens of what I would do to somebody else. So maybe it's just that I'm kind of looking at it slightly differently and experiencing it from two different perspectives as the person just like getting it as well as a person who's at some point going to be giving it and what I would do. (laughs) So I'm 100% gonna talk to you guys about fucking ladies. It's going to be really fun. And I would love to know from people who have way more experience than me what they do. So if you have anything that you're like, oh, you've got to talk about doing this or P.S. Have you tried this? And I'm like, no, I haven't tried it. Oh, my God, please tell me all about it. I would appreciate that. I would appreciate any tips and advice. So this is the one and only time that I'm going to ask for unsolicited advice. (laughs) If you fucked a girl and there's something that you know that you love to do and something that should be shared with the world because it would make the world a better place for men and women, then let me know. Fill me in. All right. That's it for this episode. Thank you for being here. I'm I'm really excited about podcasting right now. So I'm probably just going to record a shit ton of podcasts and, and start doing them where they release weekly. Whoa, what? Weekly episodes? Hold the fuck on. Um, I'm actually considering doing more frequent podcasts just because I like it and I just wait. A lot of the delay comes from me and Greg trying to do them together. So I will, I love having him on like doing it, doing episodes together. It's just hard to make that work always. He, his work schedule is a little bit less flexible than mine. Okay. You guys are the best fucking peace and love. And I will see you on the next episode.